The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc in Wiz City. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm with my co-host, Spencer Grossinger, a.k.a. Spencer the Wizard. We just finished another great week in the NFL, a lot of action, and a lot of news to report around the league. Let's get started. Hey everybody, what's happening? Um, welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc on the Voice America Kids Network, uh, or the Voice America Sports Network, the best network um, in all the land, and uh, just it's it's great to be back with you guys. Um, I'm so excited to talk about football, um, talk about sports, and uh, hang out with my dad, and just do uh, just do the thing I love, which is talking some sports and chilling out and having some fun. Well, let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles. A very turbulent 24 hours, as you know. Nick Foles played a good game yesterday. He had a chance to win. They scored 28 points. However, the Eagles' defense, in my opinion, quit. The secondary looked terrible. And as a result, another thing happened this morning. Defensive line coach Jim Washburn, the creator of the wide nine, or as I would call it, the porous nine, where the submarine with screen doors, Jim Washburn was discharged today fired by Andy Reid, and already we're hearing murmurings about why that is. Number one, apparently he showed no respect for either one of the defensive coordinators. He uh, he used to mock Juan Castillo and call him Juanita. He also has showed disrespect for Todd Bowles, who's the defensive coordinator. And apparently when Jason Babin, his star sack pupil, was fired a week ago, Jim Washburn created more controversy in the locker room. He was described as a cancer to locker room by Andy Reid, and therefore yet another member of the Eagles has been fired. Again, the Eagles are in free fall. They're 3-9, and nine, and this is the worst losing streak since Joe Harrick. And Spencer does remember Joe Harrick. I'd have to go back to about 1969 when I was 10 years old, and there used to be planes flying around Franklin Field they used to say, Joe must go, the least popular coach in Eagles history. So things have hit rock bottom, and it's all but sure that Andy Reid will be fired at the end of the year. And again, Nick Foles has been named the quarterback for the remainder of the season. It's all but sure that the Eagles will release Michael Vick. 
when you look at the numbers, it's a certainty. He only has a $3 million buyout, but if they sign him again for another year, it's $16 million. Yesterday in St. Louis, the San Francisco 49ers took a big setback. They lost 13-10 to the Rams. Their record versus St. Louis this year is actually 0-1-1. One tie, and then yesterday the game went into overtime where Greg Zuerlein, the unsung hero, kicked two field goals of, of over 50 yards. One to tie the game, and then one to win the game in overtime. Akers had a 54-yarder that just hooked left, and then Zeus, a.k.a. Legatron, kicked the game winner for St. Louis. You heard about the Philadelphia Eagles and their quarterback situation, but let's take it to San Francisco for a second. You had Alex Smith, who Jim Harbaugh has loved. He's taken Alex Smith under his wing. He's great with quarterbacks. He used to play quarterback in college at at um at Stanford, I believe he played, and I think he played in the NFL. Right. He also played for the Dallas Cowboys as a quarterback. As a starter, right? So Jim so Jim Harbaugh is a quarterback guru and Alex Smith last year was very efficient. Harbaugh loved Alex Smith and Alex Smith loved the enthusiasm that the young rookie head coach gave to him. But they did draft Colin Kaepernick, which did raise questions. And then after two stellar weeks, one versus Chicago Bears and then another versus New Orleans Saints, Jim Harbaugh started Kaepernick again. But this time, Kaepernick did make some rookie mistakes and come back to reality. Kaepernick ended up fumbling the ball on an option mispitching the ball, ending up in a defensive touchdown for the Rams when the Niners were winning the game soundly 10-2. to So you look at now Kaepernick and Alex Smith, and I believe actually that I believe that Alex Smith um, should not be the starting quarterback because I believe that that will create a lot of controversy back in San Francisco. I mean, you named Colin Kaepernick um, as your quarterback. If you go back to Alex Smith, then when do you think Colin Kaepernick is ever going to grow into the role as the future quarterback? I mean, Kaepernick has actually proved doubters wrong from out of Nevada. He's shown a strong arm. He's shown that he could be accurate with the football. And Alex Smith did have his chance last year to win the Super Bowl with perhaps one of the greatest defenses in the 21st century in the NFL for the first um, 12 years of the 21st century. So, I mean, I, I'd go with Colin Kaepernick, um, the young stud, and I'd let him grow up and develop. And um, if he's that good of a quarterback, if he's going to be your franchise guy, he's going to have to win you some playoff games. And I think it's time to start off with the era of Colin Kaepernick. Well, it sure looks like we're talking about quarterbacks. And we've been watching a team that's really been left for dead this year, the, the New York Jets. And as fans of Tim Tebow, Spencer and I have just been waiting for Tebow time all year long. And ironically, Rex Ryan finally pulled the string on Mark Sanchez. He was having a terrible game. We were having almost a scoreless tie. Looked like a baseball score. And he decided to bring in third string, is it Greg, Greg McElroy yes. from the University of Alabama, yes. who came in, rallied the team to victory, albeit 7-6, and now very telling. We're here on Monday, of course, going to air tomorrow. 
And Rex Ryan has not named a starter for next week. So there's certainly heightened suspicion that Greg McElroy will be named the starter. Tim Tebow had two fractured ribs, was inactivated for Sunday's game. So while we were waiting and waiting for Tebow to finally get his chance, ironically, Greg McElroy comes in and carries the day, 7-6. Again, the Jets are done. They're toast, much like the Eagles. But yet, a surprise victory at this point in the season. Unbelievable. I mean, the Jets versus the Dolphins. They got they got fresh by the Miami Dolphins and specifically a Matt Moore led Dolphins team thirty seven to six. Last last week the Thanksgiving game versus the Patriots was probably one of the worst games in Jets franchise history, and there have been some bad games. Mark Sanchez and that offense last week was in such disarray. And Tebow was at, was at, um I think he was active for the game even though he was an emergency quarterback. But anyway, there are so many times throughout the year when you could could have pulled the plug on Mark Sanchez and gave Tebow a chance to rally your troops and come back in the game. And it's just so ironic that when the game that Tebow is ruled out, they throw in Greg McElroy over Tim Tebow. It really shows the attitude of this team. It really shows the it really might show the attitude of Rex Ryan. He might actually resent Tim Tebow. Um I just it's just it's just crazy how um you know that they decide to pull the plug now when the season is totally out of reach and they didn't even give Tebow a chance. I think maybe Woody Johnson or Tannenbaum brought in Tebow without Rex Ryan's consent. That's probably my guess cuz he's been completely misused in New York. All the hype and drama, just a complete disaster and they just had no idea Sperano and Ryan how to use Tim Tebow. And um, his gimmick plays threw Sanchez off, and they didn't do things for Tebow either because I bet he's regressed as a quarterback because he's just been sitting on the bench all year and just running for two yards, you know, four times a game. Um, So next week, I actually project that Tebow is the least least likable candidate to start. I think that I'd go Sanchez is probably still going to start because they still owe him money and he's still supposed to be the franchise guy next year. And then I think McElroy does have a slight chance because he did lead them on a touchdown drive and um, and did control the offense. And, um, again, credit to Jets Day for the win yesterday. But um, I personally now putting in my sports, um, you know, fought on this matter I would st- I would start Tim Tebow um because um might as well just see what the guy has even if he doesn't have his uh his spread you know wildcat shotgun offense still see if Tebow could be a uh can be a starter in the league and see if he could be a starter for the Jets there's just been so much anticipation about Tebow and um, I would just let Tebow have a shot. I mean, you've seen Mark Sanchez. You saw a little bit of Greg McElroy. But let's see the guy who led the Broncos to a playoff win last year. Well, I certainly like to see what Tebow could do. And I think it was a big mistake for Tebow not to take the job at Jacksonville because Rex Ryan's very loyal to Sanchez. Also, Tebow still has broken ribs. He was inactivated for last week's game. So I think it's unrealistic to think he's going to go from the disabled list to be practicing and then to actually start start his first game for the Jets. I think that's unrealistic. There are four games left in the season. It's possible that they might let him, you know, let let his ribs heal for another week or two. 
at the very end when it's truly garbage time, see what he has. But a lot will have to do with the fate of Rex Ryan. And that will lead us into the second segment where we're going to talk about various coaching changes around the league. I think that's a fertile area for discussion. Again, I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger, Bruce the Sports Doc. We want to thank you all for listening here on Voice America Sports. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Bruce the Sports Doc on the Voice America Sports Network. I am Spencer Grossinger, your co-host, and uh, this is the second segment. And um, you know, right now we're uh, we're talking, uh, we're going all around the league, um, just giving our thoughts on uh, on coaches and on quarterbacks and on t- on, on on and on the status of teams. And uh, yesterday, I just want to um, say um, two two things that you don't see very often, and that's two rookie quarterbacks that are taking teams that were not in the playoffs last year. And two rookie quarterbacks that are winning in the fourth quarter and making plays when they matter. Andrew Luck down 12 in Detroit on the road yesterday. Um, the Colts are seven, were a 7-4 football team heading into yesterday. Most people considered it a letdown game, and for the most part it was. You know, Luck played well in the first half, but then made some costly interceptions, and Matt Stafford was just having a brilliant day through the air, hooking up with Calvin Johnson several times, and uh, hitting Brandon Pettigrew in the end zone, just showing off his arm. So the Lions were rocking in Detroit, and after the game versus Houston, the Lions showed that they really wanted to win, and they were up by 12 yesterday. Then Andrew Luck took his team down the field and was able to score a touchdown to get the game within five. Then the Indy defense made a very clutch stop 
and held the Detroit Lions, and then Luck had a 1 minute and 20 seconds to drive 70 yards down the football field, and on a second down play, he stepped up in the pocket and threw an absolute dart to Reggie Wayne. A 30-yard pass that was just right on the button. Just an unbelievable throw in that situation. He got hit after the play, um, after the pass. So he just stood in the pocket strong and just made such a gutsy throw. Then Luck eventually drove it down to, after hitting T.Y. Hilton. He drove it down to the 10-yard line. He then had three plays from the 10 to win the game. One play, um, he threw a really nice ball to Reggie Wayne, but it was a tough catch in the back of the end zone, no good. And the other passes were incomplete passes. So then on fourth and goal, four seconds left, the whole the whole um, state of Indiana watching, and pretty much the whole um, National Football League is watching this game in Detroit. As Andrew Luck now, with four seconds left, is going to determine the fate of this 2012-2013 Indianapolis Colts team. Luck rolls right, fires, hits Donnie Avery, and him and, and Donnie Avery and Andrew Luck both sprint into the end zone. Andrew Luck blocking behind Donnie Avery. Just one of the coolest plays you'll ever see. Just an unbelievable comeback. Left a, left a Detroit crowd at a Ford Field stunned. And left fans around the NFL jumping off of their sofas. And grabbing each other and hugging each other. I mean, that's what... That's what you gotta, you know. That's what football does. That's that's all you can ask for as a fan is those moments yesterday watching Andrew Luck with your buddies on NFL Sunday Ticket or Red Zone Channel or wherever you're watching the game. Um, just an unbelievable comeback. Just one of the most special games I've ever seen by a rookie quarterback. And that's really what a what a competitive edge can do for you. Most quarterbacks have heart. Most teams have heart, but it's those that have it's those that take it up another notch that um can really do it so well he's not the only rookie quarterback to have a sensational comeback victory let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks Russell Wilson undersized guy 5 foot 10 probably one of the shortest quarterbacks in the league uh, we've been watching the Seahawks all year we've marveled at how well they always play at home but Russell Wilson um Certainly, they they had the play against Green Bay with the replacement refs where uh, Golden Tate had a very, uh, we will say, a very controversial touchdown where Golden Tate barely got a, a thumbnail on the touchdown pass. And that really inspired the league to bring back the regular referees. And we have an update. Third quarter, three minutes and nine seconds left. New York Giants extend the lead to 16-10. Obviously, this will be obsolete when you hear the show tomorrow. Tell, let's talk about the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson was having a tough day yesterday in Chicago. The Bears' D was really um, very stout on the Seahawks' offense. And Russell Wilson basically had a two-minute drill. Um, the score of the game yesterday was, uh, I believe it was... If I'm not mistaken, it was seven to three Chicago, and um, basically Russell Wilson again, similar to Andrew Luck, 
had to score a touchdown to keep the game alive. On 4th and 3, he made one of the most important throws, hitting his tight end in the middle of the field on 4th and 3. Just such a clutch play. And again, you saw the competitive edge of Russell Wilson come out. The Bears defense bottled him up all day, but when it was time for winning time, the, the kid put his team in position to win. And he, and he just made throw after throw, just scrambling on the move. Russell Wilson... I mean, if you hear this guy being interviewed, I mean, he is a really a special, special person and player. I mean, the guy is one of the most together, per, you know, personalities I've ever seen. I mean, I got to see um, a really cool segment on ESPN last year while he was at Wisconsin. It was called Year of the Quarterback Wisconsin Depth Chart. And he basically came from NC State to Wisconsin and started a year in a pro-style offense. And... um Basically, he he came from he came from NC State, and um, he, he went to Wisconsin. You know, for for one year, pretty much. He played three years at NC State, and the whole Wisconsin team just gravitated with him over the over two weeks of training camp. They knew that he was their guy. He won over the team that quick. And this year, Matt Flynn was supposed to be the guy in Seattle. Russell Wilson came in and did his job. But the Seahawks' defense is for real. Marshawn Lynch is a beast. Just keep feeding him his Skittles. And, um, again, Russell Wilson, just a great comeback in the fourth quarter to score the touchdown. And then in overtime, I was just impressed, you know, how – so many teams are satisfied with getting that field goal in overtime and playing to shut the other team down on defense. But Russell Wilson, um, you know, he wasn't satisfied. He wanted to put the game away. And I give Pete Carroll credit. I mean, that guy has a lot of enthusiasm. I mean, I'd love to play for him if I was a football player. Just a really fun uh, coach to watch and uh, really doing a nice job. Well, I think Pete Carroll is certainly bringing the college enthusiasm, certainly had a great run at USC, and then you know moved up the coast to Seattle. And if you look at the uh, – Seattle has one of the loudest stadiums, and they call it the 13th man. 12th. And I think – or actually the 12th man, we should call it that. Or in our view, I call it the 13th man. But, but Pete Carroll has had a lot of exciting uh, wins this year, and the defense in Seattle always seems to be solid. It's tough when they have to travel because it's, it's a long way to travel to the East Coast for the Seahawks. But we, we've really, I think, as, as the season's unfolded, the one thing we have is we have a lot of really bad teams, a lot of dead teams. But we also have a lot of exciting games. If we, if we look back on it, we've had a lot of really excellent highlights. So I want to talk a bit about um, in the next segment – as, as a neurologist and sports medicine doctor, we always like to tee off the shows with review of the, of the NFL and exciting plays. But in the next segment, I want to begin talking about concussion tests, impact tests, Michael Vick, why isn't he getting back to the field? And today, a new announcement in Philadelphia that Michael Vick will not be returning at all as a starter for the Eagles. He likely be a backup when he's cleared but there's a lot of I'm, I'm watching a lot of sports shows and there's not a lot of understanding about the impact test there's a lot of misnomers so I, I definitely want to get into that and before this clo before we close the segment I would just want to uh, give a shout out to Ray Ellis who's the director of Voice America Sports he enables us to have this show every week and we really appreciate that and uh 
Again, when I closed the last segment, I said we'll be back in 30 seconds. I guess I must have been uh, jumping the gun a little bit. I guess we were too excited. But actually, there'll be a three-minute break, so you have time to uh, get a good snack, and we'll be back for segment three. Thanks for listening. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play by play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds Bart. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the newest segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I'm a neurologist, pain management specialist, and sports medicine doctor, and I have a practice which is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and also Wilmington, Delaware. If you're within driving distance of our offices, we'd be very happy to help you. 
The name of our practice is Grossinger Neuropain Specialists. Give us a call in Pennsylvania, 610-521-6063. Or if you're in the tax-free state of Delaware or adjacent states of Maryland or elsewhere, give us a call for Dr. Bruce Grossinger, 302-636-0920. While we're talking about sports medicine, there was tragedy in Kansas City, almost unthinkable on Saturday. The news broke that a starting linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs, Javon Belcher, did the unthinkable. He fired five bullets into his girlfriend, 22 years old, mother of his three-month-old child, then drove five miles directly to the Kansas City Chiefs complex and walked in there with a gun. Security was immediately alerted and did something that never was done that I could recall. That is, he basically killed himself, shot himself in the head in front of his general manager and his coach, Romeo Crinnell. When this happened, there was little to say about it. Everybody was in shock. And the Chiefs decided that, you know, that they were going to play the game, that their football players at Romeo Crinnell in his post-game conference stated that, that this is what we're going to do. We're going to play the game. We're going to keep things as normal as it could be. But the Kansas City town remains in shock, and everybody's wondering what possibly could have been the motive for this. There was a, there was report of an argument in the morning, but there's a lot of arguments, en- enough to actually fire five bullets into your girlfriend's head and then kill yourself. Certainly, this was... Um, Shocking display of violence in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you can't get more tragic um, than than ending someone else's life and then taking your own life and not warning people about doing so. I mean, I just, I couldn't imagine an argument escalating that much to actually kill somebody and to actually take your own life. And uh, Brady Quinn said it best in his post-game press conference. He said, you know, in this day and age with social media, most people are just too busy texting, tweeting, or or putting up Facebook statuses um, on their phone and on their computer than actually taking the time to be personable with people and really say, how are you doing, and really have a heart-to-heart conversation in person. And... If people could have gotten across to um, Jovan Belcher and really figured out what was troubling him, I believe that this could have been prevented. And domestic violence and um, just a horrible, horrible incident in Kansas City. I was just stunned to read it. And um, just their daughter in this situation not having (coughs) any parents... Now, her parents are dead. No matter what, she's going to be scarred for life. No matter how prosperous the rest of her life is, she's never going to have the two most important people in her life. That's so tragic. And to do it right in front of Romeo Cornell, this pretty much scars everybody. And uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Just... um. It's probably the worst news you can ever hear is about someone just about people's lives just being over and uh 
you know, there's nothing more to say. It's just the worst thing that could possibly happen. And my prayers are with everyone involved in the situation. Yeah, um, you know, very emotional piece there by Spencer and, and heartfelt. And certainly uh, I echo his comments. Uh, it makes us, it, it brings us to another very serious topic. Brain injuries in the NFL and players in the NFL who have who have committed suicide and, and ended their own lives. Certainly in Philadelphia, um, Andre Waters, a very good friend, a dear departed friend of Ray Ellis, ended his life. Mike Webster, also of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. We tributize Dave Dewerson, Double D. He uh, he he was a member of the Voice America family. He had a great show, great career for the Chicago Bears. One of you know part of the best defense ever in 1986. And Dave Dewerson, I think, is is the opposite end of a coin. In a very brave fashion, he uh, he shot himself in the chest in order to facilitate science, learning about what went wrong with his brain. And um, so this is a case totally different than that, where I think in a cowardice move basically killing somebody and not staying around to pay the consequences and killing yourself in orphaning a, a young child is just it's unthinkable and uh it, you know it, as far as the preliminary a, a lot of people are wondering why what could have done this there weren't any overt warning signs belcher's agent you know basically said that he thought he knew him really well and that he was really surprised that he'd be the last guy that would have done this. And as far as the history of concussion, you never can tell. You know, we don't we don't have a meter inside everybody's helmet, nor do we know the effects on each brain, nor do we know the vulnerability. But as far as we can tell, this Belcher you know, was a twenty five year old guy. I think he may have had at most one concussion. He was not supposed to have suffered uh, or, or experienced dementia. And we, we don't know his psychiatric history, but, you know, there, you know, we've seen it a lot in the NFL. People have taken their own lives, killed themselves. Chris Henry impulsively um, jumped on the back of a moving truck, and he died, but he didn't take anybody with him. So um, just a real, real tragedy, you know, another gun-related tragedy that we have. And, uh, you know, just really hard to get past that story. We, we, speaking of head injury, we segue to Michael Vick. Uh, Michael Vick took more hits this season than, than anybody I can remember. A true warrior for the Philadelphia Eagles, a very porous offensive line, and finally culminating in a, in a severe concussion. The word out of Philadelphia is that Michael Vick still hasn't passed his impact test. And just for a moment, I want to discuss what that is. An impact test is an approximately 30-minute test it's, it's self-programmed, that is, um, you sit at a computer with a screen and a mouse, and you take the test. It was designed at the University of Pittsburgh with uh, Dr. Mickey Collins and, and associates, and it is considered the most sensitive and specific way to offer a baseline, which basically is a pre-injury test of how the brain is functioning. And then following the, uh, following the concussion, there is a... Uh, a repeat. So Michael Vick has taken several repeat impact tests, 
And there are four parts to the impact test. There's visual processing, that is, with the eyes tracking and also making visual uh, determinations and scoring test questions. There's also verbal, that is, reading questions verbally, the English language, and it, obviously the impact test is also given in many other languages. But there's visual and verbal processing. There's also reaction time, the, the, you know, how fast and how accurate one could be. And that translates directly to sports, especially when you look at football and hockey and, and frankly, every sport that I can think of other than my favorite sport, bowling, where reaction time and motor speed are really important. So Michael Vick actually has a problem right now with his visual processing. If you look at him as he's walking off the field following the concussion, you'll see he's blinking his eyes. And apparently, from what I've read and heard, he's having some um, vestibular rehabilitation. That is, he's having rehabilitation to improve his balance, to improve his vision and visual processing. And frankly, the Eagles season is over for all intents and purposes. And there's no reason to bring Michael Vick back to, uh, to, take, to get another concussion. And certainly, he's at risk for what we call second impact syndrome, which is a very severe byproduct of a concussion, wherein there is uh, the possibility of a brain hemorrhage, stroke, swelling of the brain, and death. And even if he does, and when he does pass his impact testing, and when he is cleared to return to practice, that is, he is you know, cleared by the team physicians and then, then is examined by an independent um, neurologist, uh, the, the Eagles have decided to uh, keep him on the shelf for the rest of the season. I think that's a prudent decision because Michael Vick certainly suffered a lot of cumulative hits this year. It looks like we're, we're coming to the end of this third segment, and uh, we've got a lot of exciting sports updates coming up in the fourth segment, and we're going to talk about an unusual find, Greg Popovich, a gigantic $250,000 fine for the San Antonio Spurs for essentially not playing his players in a premier game against Miami. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back in three. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. 
Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the fourth and final edition of Bruce's Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm here with our co-host, Spencer Grossinger. We're going to lead off by talking about the NBA. Just in the past week, there was controversy. Greg Popovich was faced with his team playing four games in five nights. And he decided to rest four of his players. And they included Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili, as well as Danny Green. He, he basically sent him back home in a flight before a primetime game in Miami. David Stern, who is uh, about to retire, wouldn't have any of it. And he said they would they would pay a very substantial price for this and that that this was something that was uh, detrimental to the league. So it was just announced yesterday that Stern was levying a $250,000 fine on the Spurs. Greg Popovich, always a man of class, basically said, you know, he respectfully disagreed the opinion. His job is to coach the team and his job is to protect his players rather than promote primetime games in the NBA. Spencer, what are your thoughts? I can't wait to jump all over this, okay? One, it does not say in the rule book of the NBA that you have to play your players each night. The thing that's unique about NBA basketball is that it's 82-game long season. So resting up their players after that five-game road trip, resting them up, when they have back-to-back-to-back games, that one night of rest can do you wonders. And the Spurs, I think, have gone on to have a very successful weekend. I think they've won their last two games. So resting versus Miami has given them three more wins in the win column. Just because 
It's the Miami Heat and it's TNT. That's the only reason that Stern cares, in my opinion. If this was versus a team like the Bobcats, or if this was just a regular Friday home game or whatever, um, just on their local television network, he wouldn't care. But the fact that it's on TNT, that's the only reason he cares. He cares about money and ratings instead of actual performance. And the bottom line is the Spurs have a veteran team. And again... This I totally agree with this decision because it guarantees you four wins instead of one loss versus Miami. And most people say, oh, well, it's Miami. You want to get a chance to beat them. Well, the fact is they don't even play in the same conference as San Antonio. So San Antonio has to do a tremendous job to beat the respects of the Lakers and to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder um, in the West first before they can even dream about going and hoisting the Larry O'Brien Trophy and playing the Eastern Conference team. So the bottom line is that the NBA is very unique. It's 80 games long. The Spurs have a very veteran group. And Greg Popovich is a proven winner. He knows how to handle his players. And this is not a rule saying that you cannot rest your players. Popovich can do whatever he wants, and the scheduling was ridiculous, and I think it's a brilliant move on Popovich being bold, and now the Spurs are well-rested and are going to go on to win four straight games, and they're really going to defend their coach, I believe, and they're going to play really hard now and uh, and really do well on this homestand now that they have. Well, we, we, we respect David Stern. Certainly, he's grown the, this league. The NBA has, under his tutelage as a commissioner, expanded a lot. But we've also seen him flex his muscles. We, as far as his personality, I think we could best describe it as prickly. Certainly, he has, uh, he's fined Mark Cuban a lot of times. He's, he is very much of a, of a heavy-handed dictator. One interesting thing about this controversy is that the assistant commissioner, a guy named Silver, who will be taking over for Stern, Adam Silver. Silver, Basically, his initial comments following it was, it quote, the last person we would want to second guess is Greg Popovich. Mm -hmm. And then shortly thereafter, David Stern jumps in like a bull in the china shop, (laughs) levies the fine, and it's really inconsistent. We've seen it a lot. Last year, if you recall, that whole season was compressed. There were there were games every single day almost. And at the end of the season, the Boston Celtics rested their players almost for the last two weeks. Why? Because they were preparing themselves for a playoff run. Even, even during um, primetime games. But there was no finding of the Boston Celtics. So when, when a commissioner basically takes a situation and levies a huge fine in the face of other situations, like you say, if the Kings were were playing the uh, the Bobcats, you know, on on a Tuesday night, nobody would even care. Nobody would even know if you rested the whole team. So that that is it, it speaks for again. Uh, I think David Stern being a heavy-handed, somewhat dictatorial commissioner, and in uh, in and, and I, Greg Popovich, showing a lot of class in return. By not, uh, you know, being somewhat dignified and measured in his response, but respectfully disagreeing with with the fine, and certainly, you know, for an NBA franchise, certainly two hundred fifty thousand is a lot of money, but for an NBA franchise, it's not a lot. It's just a point, and if I were them, I would have appealed it because I think it sets a bad precedent. 
you know, um, just a couple more comments. In a sport like football where there's 16 games, I mean, I think resting your players would be very noticeable, and each game really matters. But in the NBA, like I said, I mean, you could trade off one loss for five victories. That's what the Spurs are trying to really do here in this situation. Um, I think that David Stern definitely has flexed his muscles the last couple of years, really just put too much of a uh, stamp of a, um, what's the word, smuggle hold, or something, you know, stranglehold, smuggle, hold. That's a classic that's one. A that that that's a Spencerism. That'll go on the best of uh, 2012. You know, remix will make someday. Um, you know, but but anyway, that that's definitely uh, prime time Spencer example right there. And uh, this episode's been filled with it a little bit. I mean, you've heard Celia early on. You know, she's uh, she's introduced herself to talk radio earlier. Nobody knows who that is. Mention the cat Celia, the her. Celia, the cat. I mean, I, I talked to her like you guys all know about Celia, but uh, you know, she was here earlier. But anyway, <laughs> coming back to uh, David Stern, I thought that like he was kind of like a uh, abusive fantasy football commissioner with the Chris Paul trade. Also, I mean, he said you can't go to the Lakers because that'll be too powerful. He was just pretty much denying the Lakers the rights to make their team great. I mean, I, that one was really very suspicious there. But then he lets Dwight Howard come to the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, he lets Dwight Howard and not Chris Paul. I mean, so inconsistent. But again, like it's like you can't be this good, but you could be that good. And, and, and just like how they own the New Orleans team and everything. And, and New Orleans wanted to do the deal. So, so I mean, Stern... He's def the NBA's definitely grown with him, um, but he's definitely uh, put. I, there, here we go. A stranglehold on the le- on the league, in my opinion. Yes, uh, and just thinking about it, I can't recall. Let's look at the four major sports. Obviously, baseball, football, hockey, basketball. Spencer, could you remember one instance where a team was fined for resting its starters? Let's think of baseball. Never seen that before. Um, in hockey, you you probably wouldn't know anyway. Um, in football, if you rested if you rested a team, for instance, it would almost be like quitting, you know. But but teams do that almost. Look at the fourth. Look at the fourth preseason game every year. Look at the Eagles Jets. This game, you don't even play any of your starters. So in other words. The fan, the fan is paying full price, the same as a regular season NFL game, full price for a game when no starters are playing and the game has no meaning at all. So obviously, that's the league itself. It's, uh, it's almost the opposite. The league's extracting money from the players. I don't imagine them finding the teams for not playing the starters. I mean, that, that is preseason. I mean, NBA preseason is still, um, p- fans know that they're still going to sh- put in the backups for, for reps in the preseason. Um, you, you know, that's really an, a, an interesting question that you bring up. I mean, a lot of teams at the end of the year, um, definitely rest their guys up for the postseason. I mean, this was more of a, um, a regular season game, but, but still, I mean, the NBA road trip, um, for Popovich to rest his players, though, um, I honestly, this is kind of a question back at you. Do you think Popovich was, 
I think Popovich knew he was kind of making a statement. I think he knew he was exploiting a flaw in the league. I think he kind of wanted to see how they would react because he he probably could have um, actually um, taken them back for a game like that wasn't on the primetime set, but I think he really wanted to see how Stern would react to it a little bit, kind of, you know, because I think he was poised with an argument ready, and I think he wanted to make a statement on national TV about how the league should be run in the future. I'm not too sure about that, honestly. Um, well, the, the one thing that's interesting is he actually flew the guys. If he just wanted to rest his players, he could have just had the guys sitting on the bench. He could have had them play minimal minutes. But the fact that he actually put them on a plane and flew them back to San Antonio, maybe it was a statement. Or maybe he just wanted him to get more rest just by being at home. I don't know. Yeah. He's not a kind of guy. If you look at Greg Popovich's history, he's been in the league a really long time. I can't think one time where he's made a bold statement against the league. and That's just not his nature. While he is a fiery coach, I think he's a respectful kind of a person. So I, I, I can't really go along that he did that to, to, to make a statement about the, the, the bad scheduling. Again, what was the schedule? The Spurs had four games in five days. And the Miami Heat had three days of rest leading up to the game. So God knows what the uh, what whoever made the schedule was, was thinking about. But uh, the, the time has, uh, as much as we, we, we never have time to, uh, to make all the comments we'd like it, this is no exception. We have run out of time for this week of Brewster's Sports Talk and Special Wizard. We want it. And we'll let you finish your show. We've got, we'll give you 30 seconds. Well, you know, real quick, I mean, I think that uh, you're you're saying that I think Popovich was malicious in his intent against the league. That's not what I was saying. I, I think that just Popovich was curious to see how the league would handle it. I think he's a great coach, and I think that he's one of the most respectful coaches in the league, and I have all the utmost respect. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying he, he at all wanted to make, like, an outlandish statement. It wasn't bad on his part at all. I think it I think it's Stern's fault for um for doing that to the Spurs. Um, I just want to say thank you um to everyone for listening to this week's show. I had a ton of fun. Right back at you. Uh, we dealt with a lot of you know stuff tonight. We dealt with somber topics. We dealt with NFL as well as uh, NBA. Greg Popovich. We also touched upon some sports medicine topics. But we're in the meat of the NFL season. We really want to devote a lot of time to analyzing, you know, what's going on in the league. So again, we want to thank everybody down the line at Voice America Sports. Thank you. And we'll be back next week with another edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.